What's up, freaks? Welcome back to a special bonus episode of the Freaks Progcast presented by the Prog Space. Yes, we are back earlier than expected in between two regular episodes because you might have heard that we brought back many, many interviews from the amazing Euroblast Festival. And in this special bonus episode, I want to give to you the Danish connection. So we have interviews with Odd Palace, Sunless Dawn and Cold Night for Alligators. And even better, after those three, I have two of the big American headliners for you. Car bomb and between the buried and me. So, without further ado, I give you those five interviews right now. Enjoy! What's up, freaks? We're still at Euroblast, and I have my lovely co host Rune with me again for a spontaneous interview with some more Danish guys. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll just hand over. Uh, you guys can introduce yourself and then uh, Rune uh, can start with the questions. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Uh, I'm Gerd from Art Palace. I'm the lead singer and I've brought my uh, good friend and bassist with me today. Uh, it's Patrick. Hello there. <laughs> and it's nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, uh, like Dario knows, your album is one of the my recent favorites. I've been listening a lot to it and I have to say you didn't disappoint at all today. It was a really, really good gig. So first, you know, you're an up-and-coming band and I would guess that a lot of listeners maybe don't know you very well, so could you tell us a little bit about the history of the band, when you started, what your background, so on, yeah? Okay. Of course. Um, uh, and thank you for the kind words, by the way, that's that really nice. Um, well, we started actually uh, because as a cover band, and it goes like five or six years back because uh, one of the guys had to like apply for the music conservatory in Copenhagen, so he had to play a small concert. So he got some friends together and we wanted to play Mas Volta song. Uh, so that was actually the start of the band. It was us guys finding out that this progressive rock thing was actually pretty funny. And we liked the, the dynamic and energy and being with the guys. So we decided from there to like write our own and, and, and take it from there. So that's a very long story, very short. Um, so it actually, it started with Mars Volta from who we are really huge fans and uh, always loved and been inspired from. And then we kind of evolved our sound and our music into something else, something that's us, but still has the roots and the progressive uh, rock scene and then a little bit of metal and a little bit of uh, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention that actually because I can sort of hear a bit of the Mars Volta in your music <laughs> and that was one of the first things I thought about when I first heard you guys. And I'm wondering if, if you mentioned Mars Volta, but of course, if you were to to like uh, describe your band or your sound to someone who's never heard you, who have no idea of it, what in what way would you would you describe it? 
That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, we want to be a mixture of everything we like. So we have, we have uh, on, on the on the album. There's bongos and there's there's everything. Um, but what we are pro progressive rock or progressive metal uh, somewhere in between. Um, yeah, and we I think we're trying. We started out genreize. We started out just like the goal was to just make it as fucked up as possible just as fucking weird as we could as as, as technical and as, as as uneven as we could um, and then we slowly found out and also we got signed on, on Prime uh, Prime Collectives which is led by Mirza from Siamese um, and he kind of taught us to be toned, to, to, <laughs> toned the fucked upness a bit down so that people actually wanted to hear it um, and I think we, we, we've, we've found a way that makes us happy <laughs> with that. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that because your music is both accessible and complex at the same time. Something that is, can be dif difficult to achieve. And I want to ask a bit about, because um, uh, Things to Place on the Moon, right? That's the, mm -hmm. the name of your debut album. Yeah, and I'm wondering, how does your songwriting process work? Do you, what about lyrics? Does lyrics come before music? How, how do you put things together? Well, I, uh, I actually write a lot of the music uh, at home, uh, sitting at the computer and playing the bass and guitar and programming some drums. And it often starts with me sitting down and having somewhat of a riff in my head or a drum beat or something I'm like trying to put, put into this. And then I'm building on top of that. It's actually rare that the lyrics comes first. For me, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been an instrumentalist uh, in a lot of other bands before being a lead singer, so to me, being an instrumentalist is like the first thing. It's the most natural in some way, so I, uh, I love playing and writing, and, and then the lyrics and vocal melodies comes on top later. Uh, but I love to have like have written a, a well-structured song, and uh, yeah, it, it always comes first for me. So. It, it, it has developed from where we started. Where we, we started out being more of everything was created in, in the rehearsal room. Um, but then Gerd has magic skills as sitting at home and, and uh, uh, of course with inputs, but, but he will get to the rehearsal room with a, uh, a, demo, a demo, yeah, outline a demo, uh, and we'll just take it from there. And that, that has made the, the songwriting process so much more fast and, and convenient and also just being able to hear the, the whole song instead of creating it like part for part um, I think it, it has made the songs way way better yeah so I'm, I'm guessing then that you are working on new material for a, for a, the next album an upcoming album so how is that going how far along are you could you tell us a little bit about that Actually, we have uh, recorded our next album, our second album. Really? Uh, yeah, and all the tracks are about done, actually. Uh, right now, we're in, in the process of uh, sending it around to, um, to the industry and see if someone larger than Prime will sign us uh, based on that one, and then we'll, we'll, um, we'll publish it. And it will be published, I think, uh, within half a year or something. Hopefully. Is that too soon? Uh, we, we have some singles ready to go out, and we're hoping to make a music video for the second single here from, from uh, uh, Europlast. Um, and then, in terms of writing new material, we are just about to start again. <laughs> so if you guys want to uh, premiere the, a new music single video 
at the proc space, you're always welcome to all right, uh, send us a message and we'll figure something out. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, being here in Cologne, of course, Cologne, I, I have to ask you about that. You know, what is your experience with the festival? <laughs> Had you heard a lot about it before playing here? And how has your, your experience been this year with, with being here? Uh, so far, it's been really amazing. It's uh, our first time at Euroblast for all of us, <laughs> and uh, we decided to take like a, a trip with the band, with the boys, and uh, we've been here since Thursday, so we could have the whole festival and yeah, have a taste of the of the energy and the vibe, and see a lot of great bands. And uh, so far, it's it's really amazing. The lineup and is it's it's really awesome, and we love it. So. Um which were your favorite bands' performances so far, and are there particular bands that are still going to play uh, you're especially looking forward to? Yeah, I think our manager would, uh, would be quite angry if we, if we didn't say Siamese from <laughs> 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 uh, this first one. Uh, from yesterday's shows, I really like Clone and Uneven Structure, and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had an uneven structure as yeah. well. It was really, really a tight and well-performed show. Yeah, yeah. But again, so much great music. Uh, and it's really awesome to be able to just go back and forth from the stages and just get, yeah, overloaded by great music. That's nice. And from those who haven't played yet, I'm really looking forward to 22. And Vola. Yeah, and Vola later. Yeah. It's going to be nice. Yeah, but I, like, uh, I found, found it cool that, like, you, you mentioned the two French bands, so this... Um, Euroblast edition is kind of like the Danish-French edition because there's like four or five French bands and I think seven Danish bands. Maybe that's also a cool question to ask. Um, uh, I also uh, talked earlier with the guys from Cold Night for Alligators about it. So there's seven Danish bands uh, playing at Euroblast this year. So what's, what's going on in Denmark that the scene is brimming like that? Well, they've definitely put something in the water, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, but there, there's just a lot of great music coming out of Denmark uh, at this moment. And well, the most of the bands from Denmark are on the same label, Prime Collective, uh, which has a really tight-knit uh, community. Uh, and it's almost like a family helping each other out and going on tour and playing concerts. And uh, we get a lot of uh, great feedback and help in songwriting and to like streamline our you know, professional endeavors in a way that's, uh, that I think that's why there's brought so many Danish bands here. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing to be part of a scene, uh, what's happening right now. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I feel like the Danish scene has blossomed a lot in the last couple of years. You know, there were always a lot of bands coming out of Scandinavia but uh, Denmark wasn't so well represented before the last couple of years. Why do you think that that has? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think that a lot of it we have to actually thank Mirza, our manager, who's uh, leading Prime Collective because he is just doing such a great job, fucking nurturing us. Uh, we also, there, I think there will always be and there will always uh, there has been uh, people playing the music, but we just needed somebody to like. Give us the. To get out there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and having this prime collective, it really is a collective, uh, and we're just helping 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 each other up, standing on shoulders and uh, taking care of each other, and that's that's making a huge difference. 
Well, that's a very positive note to end this on. I want to say thank you to you guys for talking to us. Enjoy the festival and uh, people go to Bandcamp, go to Spotify, check out their music because it's really it's worth listening to. Odd Palace from Denmark, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you so much thank for having so much. us. Yeah. Have a great day. Freaks out. What's up, freaks? Euroblast interview number 10 here and uh, I have still Rune with me, my co-host for this Euroblast specials and we have another Danish band here, uh, two guys from Sunless Dawn. Please introduce yourselves, what are you doing in the band, what's your uh, instrument? Or Right, my name is Henrik and I'm the vocalist, so I'm the one who screams into the mic and writes the lyrics. <laughs> My name is Christopher and I play the guitar and I also write the music. Yeah, thank you so much for for coming here and talking to us. Uh, some of our listeners might not be familiar with your band, so would you please tell us a little bit about the history, the background of the band and how you know you came up to to your debut album and what you're doing now? Oh, a long question, you got rare. Well, you know, we started out, I think we took the name Sunless Dawn back in 2011 or something like that. And then we were like pretty much hanging out at the rehearsal space, uh, doing uh, music that we really loved. And uh, we had perhaps too little ambition at that point, uh, but something happened and we, ha we had no drummer actually for many years, which was kind of a problem living in a big city where drummers are always occupied. We had, we had an opening when uh, Thomas joined us back in 2015, I believe, uh, and uh, we signed off for this Wacken uh, Middle Battle thing, the Battle of Bands, I think some listeners may know it, and uh, that was our three first shows at, at that Wacken Middle Battle, and we ended up winning. So. Our fourth book show was at Wagen. <laughs> yeah. In front of... Uh, yeah, so we went from playing in front of 50 people to playing in front of 10,000 people, and that was, uh, that was pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's quite a baptism by fire, right? Yeah. To be thrown into it like that. So, but your first release that I uh, became aware of was the Sovereign mm -hmm. single. It's Almost you can't call that a single, it's an epic of like almost 15 minutes. Mm. But that was quite quickly then after you got your drummer, right? That you made that song. Yeah, it was actually just, you know, we were like, okay, now we have we have a name out and stuff. We need to make a Facebook page and stuff like that. We need to have uh, music that people can listen to. And like, Sovereign was a song we had worked on for, for quite a bit. And it was very much in the spirit of us of having like, a single that's 15 minutes long, you have to, as a listener, invest that much time of your life to know what exactly we're doing. We're not uh, giving you the hey, hey, uh, catchy single on three minutes long. No, we want to challenge our listeners. Yeah, I've been listening a lot to your, your album. It's probably my, one of my favorite newer albums, to be honest. And uh, I hear a lot of... Um, there's so many influences going into your music. It's like you can hear some older death metal stuff, but there's more modern stuff as well. Could you talk a little bit about what inspires you and uh, 
And are there like bands or like other art or that inspires you to make this this kind of music? Yeah, well, uh, so much stuff, I suppose. Um, you know, one of the bands that we have to mention when, when we start this conversation is uh, we, we listened to Opeth once in a morning a long time ago, and that, that changed a bit a lot of things. We were like, oh, you, you can do that as a band? Who, who let them do that? <laughs> we were like, and so uh, that was definitely a, a, a grand inspiration for us, and suppose if we have to differentiate ourselves from a band such as that, it would have to be the, the nostalgia thing for the rock of the 70s or something like that, which also bands we are very much inspired by, but uh, also always looking forward. We, we like to think ourselves as, as a modern band. Like. Yeah, because you, it seems to me on on Time Weaver you have a lot of like there's like a sci-fi almost aspect mm -hmm. to it, it's like some philosophy involved. There's it's, it's not like a, the music is complex, but it seems like the theme of it is complex as well, right? Yeah. So like many other prog fans, we're all nerds and. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really like sci-fi stuff and a lot, of, a lot of us have studied philosophy as well so the lyrics are when I sat in philosophy classes I just said oh shit this is, could be a really cool song so I, in my notes I would just say oh, hey, write this in a, in a song lyric um, so one of the songs is uh, actually not written by me but Søren Kierkegaard one of the, the great, uh, great Danish, Danish yeah. Yeah. so there was some guy on YouTube who called us Kierkegaardian space metal or something <laughs> Yeah, I read that, and I think that's a, a yeah. You should take that to heart because it's a, a great description yeah. of your music. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so we have some like keyboard uh, sci-fi parts, which also have like a sci-fi feel. Uh, I feel so that's the space part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were we were talking with uh, Old Palace about the Danish scene and mm -hmm. how it seems to have exploded over the last few years. There are so just. On this Euroblast festival here in Köln, right? There are so many Danish bands. I don't know, Dario, how many? I think seven. I, I might count again, but but I think it's seven. Let, let me check again. I'll, I'll get back to you shortly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, be, and being Norwegian, you know, we always had uh, a lot of Norwegian bands out there. The Swedes are amazing. You mentioned mm -hmm. Opeth, right, at, at having their but Denmark has sort of been lagging a bit behind when it comes to it. But now you're catching up in a big way. What, what, what's going on over there now? Good question, yeah, I agree. When, when I think about my childhood and all the bands I listened to, they were always Swedish or Norwegian bands, but recently like a lot of uh, cool Danish bands have been up and coming. And maybe maybe we were just tired of being like uh, the little brother of uh, Sweden for a while, so now, um, yeah, Great bands like uh, a lot of the bands from Prime, like on this festival, uh, I can really recommend. Uh, if people out there haven't listened to uh, the bands from Prime, check them out. Uh, I think it's going to be big. Yeah, as I understand it, uh, the manager or the, the main man from Siamese is a big part of this collective or this scene, right? Yeah, so uh, Mirza, uh, he played yesterday with uh, Siamese, uh, he's the big boss. I'm not sure if he's here today, he's probably on tour. Uh, but he was the one who uh, signed us and he, he's been great to us. Uh, the whole collective uh, 
philosophy of Prime Collective. Uh, everybody helps each other, and it's, it's, so, yeah, it's a great, great group to be a part of. So uh, I want to go back to time we were a, a little bit. It was released in November of 2018, right? So that's 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 a year ago almost. And uh, and um, I'm just wondering how does the songwriting process work? You said that you write most music, you write the lyrics. How do you do you jam in the studio? How how does it work when you create new music? Well, a lot of it is me uh, jamming at uh, my home. And uh, doing uh, what uh, I think uh, most uh, of the bands at this festival does, uh, write it into a computer, <laughs> makes it uh, sound uh, nice there, go through the bands with the, the band with the details, and then, uh, yeah, me also as a producer, so starting out pre-production already as soon as the songs are ready, pretty much, and then uh, taking from there. Yeah, you have um, recently you did a uh, festival in in Denmark, right? Copenhagen was it? yeah, was that it? No. No. Uh, what was the? Copenhagen Metal. Oh, the Copenhagen Metal Fest. That's what it's called. Yeah. It's a new yeah. Oh, it's a new festival. Yeah, and uh, I sort of caught on to it through social media that you did a gig without you, yeah, Henrik. Yeah. So what what happened there? Yeah. So I was sick for uh, the last gig at Copenhagen Metal Fest. So they, the rest of the band played a 40 or 50 minutes instrumental gig. But luckily, when you play prog, it's not, uh, it's not just a verse, chorus, uh, C part, and then an outro. The, the music can stand alone, uh, I feel. So I, I still think that people had a great time, but I, know, I wouldn't know because I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we had the same situation with French band Mobius uh, playing the Ignite Night. Their singer also got sick and couldn't sing, but... Uh, Sadly, I missed the show, but uh, maybe Rune can attest to it that it was, despite the missing singer, it was... Yes, absolutely. It was uh, very interesting also, because with this kind of music, you know, like you said, it is very complex. There is a lot of stuff going on, and in some way, you know, hearing it without the vocalist and them doing, like, I think a few small changes to make it work, that that was interesting, but I'm... I'm I was a bit worried when I heard that, but so I'm very happy to see <laughs> to, to see you here. Are you guys um, are you guys working on new material then for a, a, a follow up to to Time Weaver? We're trying to do it. It's going uh, a bit slowly right now. You know, the material that was on Time Weaver was made over a period of quite a quite a few years. So uh, we'll see how it all works out. But uh, we're doing what we can. And you have some themes and stuff. Yeah, so the we work, the lyrics are in progress, and uh, so they're about the challenge of spacecraft. Uh, if you heard about this tragedy in the in the eighties, um, uh, ten astronauts died in a NASA um, space launch, uh, and the the transcripts I released from the like control room uh, in Houston, uh, and they're very interesting to read. Uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, the lyrics are based on like in real time on what, what's happening and what they're thinking and experiencing in the uh, in, in Houston. <laughs> wow, I, I can imagine that being quite a challenge as well to be able to actually write music to a concept like that when you you know you're already working on the lyrical contact, the mm -hmm. team, and then does that 
like, do you think a lot about that? How do you approach something like that when? Uh... I, I really love that, actually. I think, you know, with, with timing, it was very much, uh, I had written the music, and then uh, Henry, he came up with his stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having, like, a concept from the start, you're already thinking, oh, well, what am I, what, uh, what funny sounds am I going to put in where, and how long is this song going to be, and uh, what, what, in general, what sound is, is it going to be like? Yeah, being here in Köln, uh, I sort of feel we have to go into that. Have you, what were your experiences with Euroblast before? Did you know about the festival? How has your, well, you haven't played yet, but what is your impression of the festival so far? I have actually never heard about the festival, but so far it's really been great. As, as far as I understand, it's been here for 15 years or something. That's really amazing. Uh, I really like these smaller indoors festivals. I think there should be a lot, many more of these because people normally only go to festivals in the summer when it's hot and outdoors. But having these things spread out throughout the year, I think this is a great way to uh, get the male community uh, up and running. Yeah. So I, I hope to come here again, uh, play or just... Uh, as, a, as an audience member. <laughs> yeah, uh, I also wanted to ask you guys about like social media. You mm -hmm. talked about when you uh, released the Sovereign uh, single, how you sort of felt that you had to have something to present to people, right? So how important is social media to you guys? What do you feel like work about it? What doesn't work and yeah. Well, it's, it's too important if you have to be critical, but <laughs> we always, we're always doing something, always thinking, oh, we should, we should post a picture now, because you should really do that every day you know, if, you, if you're serious about it. And so we have two guys, the guys in the bands are sitting, doing, doing that stuff, planning ahead what we're going to post and also managing ads, which apparently is <laughs> quite necessary. <laughs> Also for this festival, we did uh, a bit of extra work, and I think it, it seems it has paid off. Uh, you know, this is really you know we had Wagen, that was our first show uh, outside of Denmark. This is our second show outside of Denmark. So for a band like us, it's with um, kind of a niche audience. It's imperative that we reach out to quite a broad audience. Yeah, about that, you know, a broad audience, uh, there are so many bands like yourself out there that I feel maybe not get the appreciation they deserve. So here at the Prog Space, the Progcast, we're all about spreading the Prog love. And I, 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 so I want to ask you guys, are there some bands, older or newer, that a couple of bands that you would like recommend people to listen to that you think are underappreciated? Putting me on the spot. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would definitely say, so they are also playing today, Vola uh, is one of my favorite Danish bands uh, of all time, maybe next to King Diamond or something, they're the best uh, like Danish band uh, out there in my opinion. So definitely check Vola out if you're here at Euroblast uh, today or check the album out. Um, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, Odd Palace, we just saw them, you know, you just had them in, right? Yeah. Odd Palace, yeah. They were like, uh, you know, the catchiest uh, melodies and uh, pop-oriented, but like live, it's it's craziness. Yeah, I agree. Representing the Danish bands there. 
Yeah, um, I did my count, or I just checked back my notes for the broadcast number 17, where we were presenting the whole lineup of Euroblast, and there I made a note, and indeed, Vola um, co-headlining tonight be before the big stars from the USA between the bird and me. Yeah. Vola are going to be the Danish band number seven on this festival. <laughs> so um, I want to thank you guys for talking to us. And uh, do you have any final words you want to say? What can the Euroblast audience expect uh, when you go on stage in, uh, well, just a couple of hours now, right? Yeah, so a beautiful musical journey. I mean, we look forward to seeing you all there. Thanks. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you, and freaks out. What's up, freaks? Here is uh, another interview from the Euroblast, and I have two gentlemen from Denmark here uh, from the band Cold Night for Alligators. Is that correct? That's correct. Nice awesome. to meet you. So, what's your names and what are you doing in the band? My name is Johan and I'm the singer of the band. And I'm uh, Nikolai, I'm the drummer. All right, and you are not the first time at Euroblast, if I'm informed correctly? No, it's the second time here. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to this one. Last time was really special for us, actually. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. it's going to be a blast. Yeah, we, we played here in, in 2016. Yeah. Because actually, I had just uh, I wasn't I wasn't officially in the band then, so that was uh, my first time playing live with the band. And we did a warm-up show in Berlin the evening before, which was okay. nice, but it was a bit more like just a, another show. And then the second day was uh, yeah here here at Euroblast, where I, there was, it was like a packed room and people were singing along, and we played really well. So that was an amazing experience last time. So it's uh, it's really something special to be back here. Yeah, you you are, last year you released your second album, yep. Fervor. Um, for for listeners of the podcast who haven't heard of your band, um, how would you describe your sound and what what, what can can we expect for, from Cold Night for Alligators? Well, if we're talking about Fervor, the second album, I uh, I, I use the catch, catch line. It's uh, Angry music for sad nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Angry music for sad it's, nerds. That's it's, cool. It's, it's proggy. It's, it's aggressive, but it's also if you compare to where we started out, like very much as a more of a tech metal band. It's a bit more, I would say, maybe more emotional, and there's a little maybe like more space for the arrangements to breathe and for the the singer to to have some nice hook lines uh, yeah. as well. So I would say uh, experimental uh, and Aggressive, but still like with this, like a catchy side to it. Catchy melodies. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, we we already talked about the video for Black Swan when it came out earlier this year, I think, on the broadcast. Yeah. And I, I remember that. I have to admit that that's the only song I heard so far from you guys. It's okay. Fine. That's and, fine. And <laughs> uh, but I remember some catchy. Uh, hook lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we're really proud of that one as well. I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I expected like, yeah, more, more, more screaming and more, more. I, I don't know, more metalcore. But uh, I was um, positively surprised to have some melodies there. Perfect. And um, 
Yeah, you are actually one of many Danish bands uh, this year here at Euroblast. Yeah. Did you have any explanation why is the Danish scene flourishing? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doing uh, a lot happening with the scene these years in Denmark and there's a lot of really good quality coming out of Denmark these years. And we are getting better to working together, got uh, some good management there. So it's just helping each other and um, yeah, helping each other get out of Denmark. And <laughs> so I think there's just a lot of bands and there's a lot of happening right now. And I think people all around Europe and UK see that right now. So also on UK tech, we had a lot of Danish bands as well. So I think it's just the same all over the place right now. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think there's also like in a way sort of a a lot of positive competition going on because we all know each other and we all help each other with advice but that way you also see if another band is, is better at I don't know booking shows or being more professional in one aspect of like whether it's their stage production or how they manage the band so you sort of see oh that we we can't look like the 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 ones that don't have our, our shit together we need to we need to be we need to be as good as these guys uh, whether it's playing your instruments or managing your affairs. Uh, yeah. Uh, talk, talking about instruments, um, what, what's your guys' musical background? Do you, do, like, do you have any professional education or do you work in music or, like in the band? It's more like, is it more yeah, a, a hobby or, or are you like teachers <laughs> when you're not playing with the band? Or no, we're not teachers, so we're not uh, professional musicians, if you can say that. I don't know. When you're gonna be that? <laughs> but uh, no, we don't work at a professional leap, but it's more than a hobby, I think, with all these hours we put into this. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have uh, jobs when we're not playing and when we're not practicing. Yeah, to get it all, yeah, to get the wheels turning. Yeah, I, w I would say also for me personally, uh, it's something I have some education in, but, but yeah. it's never been like the point of I have to play music to make a living yeah. but it's like I can't not play music yeah so in that way, nice way I, I, I think uh, in the current lineup none of us work with music professionally but we all spend so much time on it so I feel like uh, so we are very I think we, sh we feel like proficient amateurs <laughs> I would say um, and so when you're um, when you're in the songwriting process, uh, how, how does it look for, for Cold Night for Alligators? Is, is some, someone coming up with ideas at home and, uh, or, or are you... Yeah, you it started off like the one come up with an idea and uh, the rest of us take a listen to it and then just prove, yeah. You, you, are, you, are you like a rehearsal room band or you just meet when you have to rehearse for, for the shows? Uh, no, no. I would say halfway because uh, okay. like right now we actually we, we're starting the writing process for our next album yeah. and it's not like we don't jam the ideas out in the rehearsal room but we do rehearse more than we usually do when we are writing because it's usually someone has a semi-finished idea uh, usually it's guitar based uh, and then it's like we can't go into the rehearsal room with just one riff and be very productive, but maybe we have like an idea for a, a verse and a bridge and a chorus, and then everyone can play that together. And especially for, I feel like the vocals really come out in the rehearsal room. So it's, it's partly worked out there, 
but we, we like to do our, our homework beforehand so we can keep a, a productive pace when we are together. Yeah. All right, uh, speaking of, about uh, yeah, the songwriting phase for album number three and uh, the productive pace, um, do you have any uh, goals time-wise you want to meet or, or you just see when it will uh, be Right now we are talking about being finished around February or March, but it's gonna be tight, tight <laughs> as fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So see if we're gonna, it's gonna happen. But yeah, yeah. that's the plan right now. I, I would I would say that our our goal is to be efficient and have it quickly done because we want to move on and it's really refreshing to to be writing on new yeah. music again. Yeah. But I think it's it's too early to promise anything if if someone wants to hear the new stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, but but there's new stuff in the works for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Um, any any highlights of the band career so far, be live or or like, what was your favorite moment with the band? Um, <laughs> uh, probably uh, the last year last was definitely a, a highlight. I would okay. say. Um, I don't know, releasing the Ferber was the first album that I played on with the band, so that was like really, it's nice to go out and like I really enjoy the old songs as well, but it's <laughs> nice to go out and play something that you were part of writing and that you recorded. Yeah. So I would say that those would be the two highlights for me. Yeah, and it's the same for me, exactly. Releasing Ferber was a really big highlight because the last album I didn't write, so this album I was in the okay. band writing yeah. uh, when, with the instruments, so it's really, yeah, so it's really cool. And just getting more and more out of Denmark and getting yeah. to play outside your own country is just amazing. Yeah. And people just, yeah, seeing the same people coming over and over again, watching our shows, that's, yeah, that's definitely a highlight. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to today, and we are already seeing a couple of new friends, and yeah, so it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, finally, how, uh, who uh, came up with the band name and what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's uh, that was the first bass player. I haven't met him because it was some years ago. I think he was only in the band for two months and didn't really do much, but he came up with the, okay. <laughs> with the name. <laughs> uh, I think it's some sort of turn of phrase that I don't really know the meaning of, but I think that it stuck with the band because they, uh, they liked uh, its sort of odd without being too silly, and it doesn't really... Stick us into one box. You don't okay. really, you, you don't really have an idea what that what what does that band sound like when you hear it. <laughs> okay, I, I I will find out tonight when you guys will be playing the Euroblast Festival for the yeah. second time, mm. and uh, yeah, cold night for alligators, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Thanks thank, for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Freaks out. What's up, freaks? We're still at Euroblast Festival, and I have two gentlemen from the United States here with me from Carbom. Maybe uh, you can introduce yourself and what's your uh, role in the band. Sure, I'm Greg and I play guitar. And I'm Johnny and I play bass. All right, that, that would be my first question already. Uh, recently you guys uh, played in Munich with uh, Animals as Leaders and, and uh, what's with the name of the other, uh, of the UK band, you remember? Unprocessed? No, it was not unprocessed. That it's a German band. Uh, Rollo Tomasi. Oh, playing of course. That night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, but uh, I I didn't see a bass player on stage. <laughs> so I was going to say, did we play Munich? Because I didn't remember. And uh, then I remembered. As soon as yeah. you said Rolla Tomasi, I was like, oh yeah, I missed that one. Uh, so, yeah, you, you, you couldn't make the show, obviously. So yeah, I was wondering was, what was going on. Oh, that was just like a little issue. I, I had a valid passport. Okay. But uh, apparently if it expires within three months of your return date, they don't let you leave. Oh, wow. So I could not uh, leave. So then I had yeah. to do that emergency uh, overnight passport thing. But it happened on a Friday night. Oh, so I couldn't yeah. take care of it until Monday morning. <laughs> so then I hopped a flight on Tuesday and joined up with the boys. Yeah. All right, that, uh, that I fucked up. I fucked up. settles this question. We, we, uh, yesterday we had Shokran from uh, Russia yep. playing, and uh, they also didn't have a bass player because of uh, passport yeah. issues. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I'm very responsible. I'm a very responsible person. <laughs> I take care of a lot of the logistic stuff for the band. That one fell through the cracks, though, so I, it was especially yeah. hard for me because I'm yeah. usually but right on top of things. Actually, for me as a European uh, citizen, I, it, it's something that rarely occurs to me to, to check my passport or something because within Europe, within the Schengen uh, area, I can, I can go to whichever country I like uh, just with my ID card and I don't even need a passport. So, yeah, it's... It's, it's and I knew, like I said, it was valid. I knew it was, I knew it was expiring. Yeah. I didn't, it's not okay. like I didn't know it was, but yeah. I figured I would do all the touring yeah, and yeah. get that done and then take care of the passport. Because you have to send your passport away in order to get it back. And oh, well, I was yeah. worried I wasn't going to have one if we were going out <laughs> with animals. But uh, yeah, live and learn. All right. Um, yeah, you're about to release... Uh, your fourth album. We did release it. We, we did release it on Friday. It on Friday, yeah. Right. Yeah, Friday was actually uh, a kind of world prog day because there was like 20, 20 new albums coming out, including new Opeth and... Steel Panther. Uh, Steel Panther as well. But that, as proggy as it gets, yeah. That is as proggy as it gets. <laughs> They're prog with their outfits. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, but, but beforehand, you also had already some... You released some singles with, with some animated videos, which looked uh, pretty cool. Uh, maybe you can tell us, uh, our, our listeners, a little bit about your, um, yeah, your approach to, to, to songwriting. How, how do you, do you uh, compose at home and then uh, send files back and forth, or do you meet up in a rehearsal space? Sure, usually I'm the one that comes up with the, the music and organizes the riffs and all that stuff. Like, we all work from home. So uh, I'll take some ideas and just put them on a shelf, bring them back, try to make a song out of it. I'll send a demo to these guys and they'll make tweaks to it and have comments. And then Mike will throw his stuff on top of it. And uh, so how, how would you describe your music for, for people who have never heard? Someone said it sounded like if Meshuggah and Dillinger Escape Plan like lived in a whammy pedal and then someone kicked it down the stairs. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a great uh, description. And uh, how would you say uh, does the new album Mordial compare to to the to your previous stuff? Is is there? Did you? Are you like changing your recipe uh, as a you go bit. along? We're trying to refine it and maybe add some new things to it. So we always keep that math like heavy and the heaviness to it. We're really into like heavy and raw sounding guitars and drums. But we're just trying to put more elements in it and organize it a little better so it's not so meandering, I guess is a good way to say it. We're really trying to 
make things make sense within each song and hit people a little harder and more immediate. All right. Um, staying with the discography, your second album had a strange title. How do you pronounce that? Oh, uh, within the band, we call it uh, W Click W. Okay. Yeah, it's like an abbreviation. <laughs> But people call it the Waveform album. It seems to be the, the, the general consensus. The Waveform yeah. album. All right. Um, we're here at Euroblast, and it's not your first time at Euroblast, right? You played before? Yeah. So uh, how, how, how was that last time? In 2017, maybe? It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I think Greg said it pretty well. He said that uh, it felt like it was our night that night. Uh, we were... Uh, We weren't headlining, but we were direct support for, for uh, 12 Foot Ninja was headlining. But everything just kind of clicked. The sound was right, the room was right, the people were right. Uh, and I think we played pretty, pretty well that night. And the response was great, and we just felt like, it, I don't know, it just felt really, really good for us. So this place is kind of special, mm -hmm. and uh, when we got asked to come back, I mean, immediately we were just like, yes, we have to, we have to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be the European album release show, so... Right. so, so. Tonight's gonna be your night oh, again. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. Um, what's the next plan for the for the future? Do you have any any to, more touring lined up already? We want to tour, but we sort of exhausted all of our availability this year because we all work for a living. So we might be doing something in December in the states. Uh, we'll be back in Europe in March, and then we hope to do the festival run again next year. And next summer, and then we'll probably do the states in the fall. It looks like. Okay, that yeah. sounds like a great plan. I'm really looking forward to seeing you uh, on the bass this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be amazing. I'm pretty sure. Thanks, guys, for being on the broadcast, and I hope to talk to you again when you're when you're, for when you're back in your Europe. Thanks. Absolutely, man. Freaks out. What's up, freaks? I'm here for my last interview for day two of Euroblast this year, and with me is Blake Richardson from Between the Bird and Me. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, thanks. Um, you're in the middle of a very special tour for Between the Bird and Me. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the concept, how you, how you came up with it, and how you, um, yeah, Put together the set list for this special two hour, two not two hours, but two set yeah, yeah, show. It, it equals to about two and a half hours almost of, of music, so it's a lot. But no, we um, it came time for us to do. We had a big block in our schedule where we could do a good headlining tour in Europe, which we haven't done a headlining tour in Europe in quite a while, um, and we're kind of at the end of our tour cycle as far as our new record, um, Automata 2 and Automata 1. So we figured instead of doing mostly material from those two records, we figured we're, you know, we're approaching our, what is it, our 15 year, almost, almost 20 year anniversary as a band. So we figured it'd be better to, to kind of celebrate that a little bit, a little bit more and do a, um, just a, a big, collaboration of all of celebrating pretty much a lot of hits from our entire discography. So we, uh, we figured this was a good opportunity to do it and, and we uh, were very glad that we, we did. 
Um, yeah, I think it's uh, in the prog world. It's it's not entirely unheard of. I mean, Steve mm -hmm. Wilson and Dream Theater were also doing an evening with formats for yeah. for, for quite some for some time. Um, but the like the two EP thingy is 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 a format that's that's not so yet that you can not see that, that often in like bands releasing two two EPs in one one year. Um, how, how did that came about? Like like this uh, idea of doing two EPs instead of one album last year. Um, well, originally we we wrote both records in one big cycle. So we wrote we wrote both those records as if we were writing for one uh, one full length, and uh, because it was so much material, I think our our label uh, Sumerian had a good I pitched us this idea of kind of splitting it up into two, and it actually worked out perfectly because there is a perfect ending point within the middle of the record where you can start over on a new on a new track. So it kind of was like. Pretty pretty good happenstance that it, it ended up uh, working out that way. So we, we and we were cool with the idea. We thought well, you know it's different, it's unique. It's we haven't done anything like that before, and um, we just we wanted to try something new. So that was kind of our our take on it. All right, and and yeah, you you just said it when when you you wrote this in one batch. When when you guys as between the bird and me meet and 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 do the songwriting, how how is the songwriting process look like? Is is it all all you guys in one room or not? It's uh it's a little bit of everything. It's very interesting because we're it's kind of a blessing and a curse in that we we have a lot of writers within the band. So Dan writes a lot of stuff, Tommy does, Dusty does, Paul does. So it's really like a big meeting of the minds when we start to get into writing mode. Um, and so a lot of that is, that some of that is done remotely and some of that, you know, a couple guys will get together and hash out parts that they're working on, like Paul, maybe for instance, will have this section that he come, came up with and Dan will, We'll say, hey, that thing's cool. I've actually got this thing that would work really well with that. And, you know, you can take those combinations of, of multiple different members and put them to, together in different situations. And then what we usually try to do is when we're writing, we do pre-production as we write. So we'll get together as a band maybe every couple weeks and kind of hash out our ideas and see how they how they kind of come to fruition and see if they work, if they don't work, which things will fit in which parts and this, that, and the other. So it's like kind of like a big, big puzzle to put together. All right. And uh, yeah, since the, you, you, you've been touring quite a lot, I oh, guess, yeah. with, with the uh, Automata 1 and 2. And uh, so is there, there any plans to go back to songwriting mode like next year or something? Um, possibly, like we, I mean, we're, we always sort of on our own kind of come up with things while we're on the road. So we're not, you know, we, we, we definitely like to allocate a certain time in which we write and record, um, because that kind of gives us sort of like a focal point and, uh, a deadline in which to get a product done. Um, but we, we might, we'll, we'll see what next year holds. We, I mean, we, as as of now, we don't really have much much plan for 2020, so we'll see. All right. In in the last uh, two years, I think uh, we saw also 
some members like uh, Tommy and Dan release some uh, solo albums that are quite different musically to to Between the Bird and Me. And um, Between the Bird and Me was always already like a, like a band that that is not your run-of-the-mill prog metal band and, and, and that also incorporates like these kind of different uh, influences musically. Um, so it, it, if, you're, if you're writing for Between the Buried and Me as band, you, you put like some limits on how far you, you, you want to digress from the traditional Between the Buried and Me style that is by now fairly established. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird because it's like, I feel like we're somewhat of an evolutionary band, so I don't necessarily think there is a limit to, you know, what, what boundaries we can cross as far as um, taking influence from our, our um, or taking direction from our different influences and stuff like that. Uh, I think that when, you know, when Tommy and Dan and others do little side projects things, it's, it's just their creative outlet because that they can use to kind of convey some stuff that they know that necessarily they don't think would fit with BT Band World. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, I mean, I, I really don't think there's anything that's too outside the realm. We, we try to do stuff we, that's kind of outside the box, not so much in order to do that, but we, if we do things that are outside of the box, that we, we try to make them very, uh, very fluid and work with everything else that we're doing. So we don't do crazy things for the sake of them being crazy. We just, we just do things to make them work and that are fun. Sounds fun, and I, uh, well, yeah, we are at Euroblast, and uh, it's n not going to be your first time playing Euroblast, right? <laughs> yeah, we were, what, when did we play? A few years ago? 2015, I think. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, that was awesome. That was, this was like one of our, this is one of our favorite fests to play over here. Like, the festival scene in Europe is the best festival scene in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's... America's kind of starting to dabble in that, where they're doing these kind of one-off festivals here and there. Uh, but Europe's been doing it so well for so long that it's 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 exciting to come over here and be a part of it. And um, with, with that concept of two sets, um, w w it wouldn't be, I think, the, f the 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 first or natural logical choice to also bring bring this to a festival. And I think it's. Uh, it's amazing that the Euroblast festival like take is taking this opportunity because usually you have pretty strict slots in, uh, at the festivals. What what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how our booking agent convinced them to do it. Uh, <laughs> it's like they they pulled some strings somehow, but um, no. But it, it's cool. I mean, it, it it is. You're right. It is rather unique. I don't think I've ever seen like a band do like a dual set thing at a festival before. Like we've played festivals where. The headlining band will have like a one super long set, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes over. It's weird because we've been doing like, so we'll play one set and then we'll have like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. But I think this is a break for the other one. And now this time we actually have an hour. So we're like, 
damn, what the hell are we going to do for <laughs> the entire hour? It's like, is that 15, 10, 15 minutes like goes by. It's almost like you're playing like an encore or something. So I don't know, maybe I'll go get a coffee or something like that. Keep myself awake. <laughs> All right. I'm really looking forward to seeing your show later. And uh, thank you very much for being on our broadcast. Uh, and have a great tour after this show here at Euroblast. Any, anything else you might want to add? Ooh, uh, stay safe out there, kids. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, Freaks you. out. <laughs> Thank you, Blake, for these perfect concluding final words for this special bonus episode. And the broadcast will return later this week already with a normal regular episode and the Voyager interview from Euroblast. Take care until then and freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prague Space, is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, Freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. <laughs>